0: Welcome back to The Remote Worker. My name is Han Talbot, also known as Hand Meets World, and today we'll be chatting to Elaine Malone. Based in London, Elaine is a freelance web designer and content creator. At the time of recording, alongside other freelance clients, she held the role of creative director and head of operations for Blogosphere. Elaine has now closed that chapter to pursue a master's in digital marketing while still freelancing on the side. In this episode, we'll chat more about balancing different clients, working with content creators, And Elaine's top tips for building a personal brand. So grab a tea, a coffee or something stronger if you wish and let's get started. So Elaine, thank you so much for being on The Remote Worker. It's lovely to have you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, all good. It's a Monday evening. Can't quite believe it's August. Normally it's quite quiet I find at this time of the year but I don't know about you but it's actually getting quite chaotic already. Definitely chaotic. Definitely. I don't know what's going
1: on. I, my calendar is just filling up, like weeks <laughs> and weeks and
0: months and I just don't know how I'm going to do anything. Yeah, and after a year and a half of kind of like, do we, don't we, we can't do anything, like it, it feels just so surreal to suddenly be able to like start planning stuff again, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. It's mental. The amount of people as well that keep messaging and being like, we should be up there that we can and I'm like, okay, yeah, I have a free
0: Sunday in three weeks time. (laughs) (laughs) Such a Londoner you are, such a Londoner. (laughs) (laughs) These days, a little bit. So tell us a little bit about like what you do and kind of what a typical work week looks like for you.
1: So a typical work week, I actually have two jobs. So I am creative director and head of operations at Bookosphere. We haven't gone back to the office yet, but we're working remotely. And at the moment, I work for days a week there, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. So that's like looking after the website, creating content. So my work day there is just depending on the day, depending on what needs to be done, which is one of the reasons I really love working there. Mm. So then I also run my own business at as a web developer and a content creator. So that's done in my spare time, mostly in the evenings, at the weekends. And Friday is typically my like full-on day for that. I call it my freelance Friday. So as you can imagine, like managing time
0: with both of those is quite a problem. So I find it kind of helpful to theme my days. Do you do theme day? I don't, but I really like the idea of freelance Fridays. I was going to say, can we let me like, make that thing? <laughs> <laughs> got my newsletter was
1: called for a while. It's like, it's freelance Friday day. Um, but yeah, theme my day, it's like, it's really, I kind of mostly got into it over lockdown. And it's right. just made such a difference to my productivity. So as an example, during the pandemic, I was only working two days for Blogosphere, um, Monday and Tuesday. So because I was working those two days, I'd have those two as like a lighter business day for myself. So on Monday, I'd have an admin and reset day where I'd like get back to emails send contracts, do all that kind of thing. Tuesdays was like for learning and reading about the latest updates to the industry and all of that. Wednesday would be a content day, so writing content, creating content for so my blog, news web, social media. Thursday, I would work on courses and resources for my site, and then Friday would be for clients. Mm. That was kind of my typical week.
0: So like, this is all incredible stuff. Like, connect the dots for us a little bit. So can we take that one step back? How did you get into content creation, blogging, WordPress, like all the fun stuff? And you do a bit of coding. It, yeah.
1: It, yeah. <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So connecting the dots, where did I start? I actually came across YouTube videos in 2018, late 2018, 2019, around that mark, uh,
0: 2008.
1: I was going to say, what? I was like, wait. <laughs> but I actually came across YouTube videos back in 2008, 2009 time. Um And within a few weeks, I was like, I need to do this. This is so much fun. This is really cool. So I started my own YouTube channel, started my own personal blog, started a Twitter account. And then from there, I really got into coding and trying to figure out how to make my website look different to everyone else's at the time. What kind of content were you doing? Content? I was just anything like fashion, beauty, lifestyle was really in at that time. That's kind of what I was creating i just really wanted to create content that was my passion i didn't the topic kind of varied quite a lot and the content varied quite a lot but i just really enjoyed the actual process of creating content
0: nice yeah it was so much fun it was so (laughs) different back then and it's still fun but it was a different type of fun wasn't it it was very different the only real interest i actually had in youtube at the time that i started in 2013 was being a bit too over obsessed with jenna Marbles. Mm -hmm. And Jenna Marbles was the reason that I started doing YouTube videos. Oh, wow. So I was about to go on a year abroad to go study in Brazil and realised there was no information about living as a student in Brazil from the UK. they just don't prepare international students in the same way, or students at all, really, in the same way that they do here. And yeah, my only real YouTube references that I had was Jenna Marbles at the time. And I think just being able to pair it up with just like, you know, being like 19 20 years old just in love with a bit of a random bit like something you're thinking you're really great at creating websites like my first website was all lime green font <laughs> Okay, mine was atrocious like, like, considering what i do now <laughs> yeah like i thought i was being so on brand i was like it's all green like i love it <laughs> but yeah but that's what i quite liked about websites back then like now everything follows yeah. such a system
1: and um, everyone kind of looked more or less the same in a lot of ways back then. It's just so random and everyone really customized it. Yeah. Um, Which, had exactly what I wanted to do with mine. And that's yeah. what kind of got me into all of
0: this. Yeah. So you started doing blogs and your YouTube, can we find your YouTube videos anymore?
1: No, they are <laughs> muted, privated, deleted, everything <laughs> got, got rid of them. Uh, they actually, someone found them at uni, and I think at that point I was like, okay, let's private this
0: for a little bit and figure this out. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's funny. So are creating blogs and whatnot. And so then how, how, did you do a particular degree in coding or? Yeah. So because I started to get into customizing my own site,
1: mm. I was actually studying architecture at the time, something that I'd wanted to do since I was like seven years old. And realized halfway through it was like a two-year course to feed into the main course and I realized I don't like this at all like this is not what I want to be doing um which coincidentally coincided with when I started my blog and I was spending way more time doing that and then once I'd finished that course I decided to apply for digital media so I did a Bachelor's degree in digital media, where we did like a whole range of different things. We did video production, web design, web development, animation, learned all the Adobe Suite, uh, sound engineering, just a whole like did a touch of everything within the kind of digital space. And from that, I realized that not only did I really enjoy web development, but I was actually quite good at it. My brain just understood it. And so I started sharing tutorials. It was in a way. It was kind of me just sharing what I was learning because that's how I learn. Other people find them really helpful as well, and I realised that
0: I'd kind of had this knack for explaining really techy things in simple language. So I was nodding because I think you literally do. That like, honestly, like your your Instagram like infographics, honestly, have saved me so many times that like, you wouldn't believe. So no, so I was only thank nodding, like, you. That was the case. <laughs> I was putting on <laughs> my Yes, you do.
1: Thank you. So, yeah, then in 2013, I set up a website for my freelance business and started taking clients as I got through the rest of uni. And then from there, books were gotten to me. I started writing for them,
0: moved to London, was doing both. Yeah, it's just evolved over time, really. So, it's kind of like a natural journey. That's awesome. Love that cool so like do you think that you kind of had a bit of a a why or a mission when you were starting out or was it kind of more that you followed a passion of yours yeah I definitely followed a passion but I think like
1: obviously when I started my first blog it was because I wanted to customize it and then when I figured out that the tutorials I was just kind of sharing to help me out were helping other people as well and the feedback that I got was about how I could explain things in a simple way, that's when it kind of then was more of a conscious effort into it rather than just kind of posting when I wanted to post and that kind of thing Mm. so I'd kind of figured out that okay this could be a bit of a portfolio I guess for my job when I leave uni and finish uni I didn't realize that it was going to turn into my full-time job when I left uni and be able then to lead into blogosphere full-time uh it was kind of just like oh, other people find this helpful. And when I was starting out, there wasn't really any resources, especially within, I'd say, like the UK fashion, beauty, lifestyle niche. Like there was quite a lot of women who were like, oh, everything that I've seen is targeted towards men and like full-on developers and that kind of thing. There's nothing that really explains it. Like, I just want to have a fashion blog, but I want to be able to customize it. And it And that kind of targets me that was kind of my mission was just to help people who were like me, who just wanted a website and wanted to make it their own, but without all the jargon and like the complicated
0: explanations and everything. That was my mission. That's amazing. That's so nice. Do you have any like kind of favorite sort of fond memories or like kind of any stories that sort of encapsulate like your experience or how it's been for you for the last like decade (laughs) or like being a content creator?
1: I mean, there's so many, like, standout points for me, I would say. So I, when I was finishing, just about to finish uni, I got headhunted by someone who worked for Google. He wanted to interview me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I didn't think that, well, I was creating all this content to kind of act as a portfolio, but I didn't think that anything like that would happen. Mm. Um And then, obviously, like, bloggers got in touch with me. And I always explain this story um, where I, I'd been freelancing as a writer for them for quite some time, and then we did their website. And the CEO broke the website one day. Oh, no, <laughs> and it just like it you by. And then she emailed me, and she was like, "I need your help." And I was like, "Yeah, no worries. I'm on it. Like, I've got it. Don't worry." And it's like, "Cool. Do you want a job in London?" And I was like, um, "Yeah, that would be great." <laughs> and that's basically how I started there. That's um, amazing.
0: That's going to yeah, one of my favourite starting stories ever.
1: I know. We, we just laugh about it constantly now. It's just funny. and if I'm ever, like,
0: taking a holiday or whatever, she'll, she'll say, like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm not going to touch it. Please don't. i just lock the website. <laughs> yeah. Working with content creators, I feel like this is a funny one to ask, like, a bit of an odd one to ask, but what do you love about content creation and working in that industry? <laughs> I don't know
1: I think it's because it's quite a lot of people who are just really passionate about something in particular and they're doing it even though they might not be making money out of it or it's their hope to kind of make it a full-time career but people only stick out if they really enjoy it and I think that's why I like it so much because you're working with people who just have this real passion and even though their passion isn't the same as my passion but you can kind of bond over the fact that you both have a blog or a website or social media or you're doing something within that, that area. Um, and when it comes to working with content creators, one of my favorite things is that I've worked with people who have started a blog as a hobby. Um, and I've like created a website for them and then we've worked again together and they've somehow like they've gone on to... I've worked with them on creating a website and then they'll come back and I'll work with them on creating a shop that they've started or a business that they've started I just really like seeing that progression from people it really fills me with a lot of joy seeing that people can go from like hobby blogger and then I work with them on something else in the future that they've made into their full-time job amazing absolutely I
0: think that's why I kind of follow content creation and why like even when i sort of put it down as it were for a, a year like in my final year of uni there was just something still calling me back because i was sort of similar to you i sort of i was on my year abroad i was like i just remember turning to a friend of mine saying i'm going to create a career out of social media i have no idea how but i noticed <laughs> where you need to be at because that was the point where i started discovering the likes of zoella fun for Louis, and that's where i actually started developing a bit of like an actual style with like my videos yeah. and things, that wasn't just me with like a Jenna Marbles moustache on my face and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, became valuable. So yeah, I, mean, I think that was exactly it as well. It was just that kind of go watching people creating videos on webcam to actually producing full on campaigns and seeing people that you have seen on YouTube go being on billboards and like creating these incredible yeah literal empires. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I still get excited. I've been doing this like
1: over 10 years now, and I still get excited when I see someone on TV, like on an ad or something. I'm like, yes, you go. Yeah. And I'll be with friends or whatever. They're like, who's that? I know them. Like, they're doing so well. They're on TV. It
0: just gets me so excited. I'm like, yes. Like, I love to see that people are making it a whole thing. Yeah. um It's great. Building business off of what they love doing. I think that's just it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I don't know if you keep hearing you've heard this, but I keep hearing that including one person on Gogbox a couple months ago, right? People saying that people don't read blogs anymore. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I don't agree with that. What are your thoughts on that? Well,
1: I disagree. I believe I read the other day that intrinsic spending is set to hit three billion dollars in the US and thirteen billion globally. So obviously, this isn't going anywhere. Um, I do think there's space for different types of content. I know social media platforms are definitely the popular thing right now. Like Everyone is really focused on Instagram, for example, but I will always vouch for blogs. I'm sure my audience is sick of hearing me say this, but like I always say, don't put all of your eggs into one social media basket. I think investing time in something that you own is much more beneficial um like how long does a post last on social media these days? it's not very long depending on the platform between a couple of hours and a couple of days whereas content on your website on your blog but if you spend time on it with seo and stuff as well like fucking in the last years. um i still get thousands of views on old content which then those people who have come to my site through an old piece of content read my new content and then inquire about working together so the return on investment with a blog is just so much better
0: than social media i feel like with instagram at the moment and it's constant changes trying to compete with tiktok now i don't know Mm -hmm. what your thoughts are on that but you can almost tell already that they're trying to rewrite the code as we speak by how that's now showing up in our insights like my my insights are dreadful though and i'm not saying they were the best like always but they really are abysmal now.
1: I'm such a love hate relationship with Instagram. I create content on there because I know that's where my audience hangs out. Sure. And the content that I create on there, I feel like it's little snippets of tips, and then the full read would be more on my blog play. But yeah, especially now that they've come out and said they're moving kind of away from the photo sharing side of things and more towards. They want you to create reels and videos and all of that. I'm just, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about <laughs> that. And I've seen loads of people say that their reach is down and yeah. they're not growing as much anymore. And it's just difficult. There's way more people on the platform. Well, the majority of people within content creation, anyway, have more than one account, I would say. And, you know, when you have that, that many people, that many users on
0: site, it's going to be quite difficult to get eyes on your content. 100% agree. So in 2021, or thinking forward about websites and blogging, and I won't make you give away all your treasured insights, but what would your top tip be for maintaining a website or creating a website in 2021? Because you mentioned, you touched upon SEO, search engine, engine optimization. What would mm-hmm. your top tip be? It's quite a boring one that comes Wait. to mind. But like, we're going to go at that. Like pause here and um, get a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say... Moving forward, user experience
1: is so important and it's only going to get more important as we continue on. So going back to the previous assumption of nobody reads blogs anymore, our attention span is just getting shorter and shorter, especially with social media platforms. So making sure that your site is usable in the first place is so important and keeping the user like scrolling through your site is really what you want. So yeah, user experience, I would recommend dedicating a day a month or even an hour a week or whatever you can spend just to your website. It's that kind of thing, isn't it, about working in your business? So keeping the site updated, working on the SEO, fixing broken links, improving the site speed, cleaning up databases, updating old posts, like this whole load of like admin tasks that you should really keep on top of. And it's really difficult to do that, but anything that is going to improve your user experience, that is kind of where SEO is headed now as well. So it's just going to benefit you so much.
0: So do you have a playlist or a Netflix show that you stick on while you're doing it, or one that you'd recommend putting on while you do your admin?
1: <laughs> oh, I am the queen of trash TV while I'm working. <laughs> uh... I always say that I like to have something on in the background that I don't really have to pay any attention to. So I'll save like my good shows for when I can actually sit and enjoy them because I'm a huge Netflix fan. But reality TV shows, Keeping Up With The Kardashians, Real Housewives, Selling Sunset, like, all of that genre is what I watch while I'm working.
0: <laughs> Side note cannot wait for the next Selling Sunset. Cannot wait. I yeah, Have you seen the, the <gasps> people Jason. are together now? Oh, that's crazy. Spoiler alert, but... That's Spoiler alert. sorry. <laughs> and then obviously, like so going just a random question, do, where does Love Island fall then? Because Elaine and I have like had a little chat about this before where we absolutely are loving being on Twitter at the same time as Love Island being on. So does Love Island fall in the good TV shows or the trash? <laughs> oh, that's, that is utter trash. But the
1: difference of that is we all sit down at the house and watch it. So I'm um, fat with everyone else and everyone's making their own little jokes. But I'm also like on Twitter, like this is where really good stuff. Is yeah. like memes and on Twitter and just next level when it comes to Love Island. So many people on there as well, like I'll search for their name to find what they're tweeting.
0: They're just so good. I know that obviously we have the original OG influencers like Paris Hilton and whatnot, but somehow Love Island have just taken it to such a complete next level in terms yeah. of like the influencer model and whatnot. Speaking of social media and kind of bringing it back to blogging, so that was a massive digression on my part. Do you have any kind of like thoughts or predictions on what you think, say, social media could look like in the next like couple of years, like five years or blogging you roll with, whatever comes to mind? I probably should, but I don't.
1: (laughs) No, I think like if you look at where it's come in 10 years, But I really don't think anyone can actually predict what it's going to look like in five years' time. Like when people started, even I know a lot of actually, I know a lot of people who started around 2013 as well. And like pre 2013, that kind of era of blogging, people just didn't think that that was going to be Mm. such a big thing. And now obviously you've got people on billboards and going on reality TV shows as content creators and appearing on mainstream advertising and things like that like it's actually in it's the past like so much as well that people have predicted so i don't think i could predict where it's going to be in
0: five years time <laughs> you know no fair enough so with that in mind though and also with your experience of the last decade is there anything that like you might say to people who look at you know the tiktok stars out on their balconies right now like with their Baskets of washing, or watch these Love Island stars who then come out and kind of get chewed up by mainstream media. Is there anything that you would maybe, or on that, on the flip side, of that only put the negative, like people who are on billboards who have developed these businesses and are doing extremely well for themselves as well. Is there? Anything, do you think there's anything you would maybe advise people about building these sort of like personal brands? I think there's obviously negative. Associations
1: with becoming a content creator or an influencer. The majority of people do get trolls and hate We're starting to kind of come into it now where people in general kind of understand it a bit more, but there's still a lot of people who just don't get it or put down influencers altogether and kind of tower through and the same brush type of thing, which I just think that's from a place of them not really understanding what people do. Like I always say that we. With Bogaser especially, like we work with such talented and creative people. And that's not always the people who are on in mainstream press about, you know, they've done this or they've done that, and the people that get slated. I just I mean, I don't think anyone should get slated obviously, but I think there's a lot of people who are super talented in what they do that don't get the recognition for what they do and the type of content they create. Like some of these Instagram people are Just creating the most amazing like video content and photo content things that you would be kind of you wouldn't even be mainstream like these people could be creating movies with the type of content that they create. It's so amazing. But I think we trying to think of what your actual question
0: was. Just coming back to sort of obviously, I completely agree that social media like and content creation you can't really predict something that's so quick. But in terms of maintaining a personal brand and I suppose an online presence like you touched upon, what sort of advice would you... I'm sure that's kind of key at the end of the day is that it's still a business type mindset. So <laughs> she got it.
1: Yeah, I knew there was a point I was coming back to. Um, but yeah, creating a personal brand and having your own website, I think is only going to get more important as you go on. Like so many people now, when they're hiring staff, they look at your website or they'll find content through your linkedin or they'll find something that you're creating online and that's how a lot of people get jobs especially within like marketing advertising content creation industries And um, building your own presence even if you don't want to be a influencer we'll put that in air quotes but know not everyone likes that term even if that's not kind of the area that you want to go down you don't want to be known for your personality or your you don't really to be known for you. You want to build a business. I think even just having that presence online like can really help with building out these things, even if it is your own business or you want to get into a career or whatever it is. Just having a presence online is so important.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, it's it's one of those things I feel that you can't really get away from anymore. Whether that's, I mean, I also will always champion having a blog, even if it's a one-pager I feel like there is so much power in being able to, it's like, you know, digital real estate in a way. Yeah, exactly. There's so much power in having that space and it's always going to be there. Like it was there back in the 90s and like or the 80s whenever they started coding and it's still here.
1: Yeah, and getting, driving people to your own website and collecting like an email, starting an email list, for example, like having even just a one-page website and getting people to join an email list through that Then you kind of have a one-on-one with people. Whereas when you're building on social media, like Instagram, for example, because that's what's popular right now. If Instagram, I mean, it wouldn't, but if it does go down tomorrow, then what are you going to do? You've lost those hundreds of thousands of people that you've spent so much time and effort kind of building, and now you have nothing. So I always think, like, have your own website, have an email list.
0: They they're going to benefit you so much no matter what you do or where you go. Mm, no, I completely agree. So, how do you say your business site? Because in my head, I'm, is it Exo Miss or Exo Missy? Missy. Okay. So, tell us a little bit more about your Exo Missy community. So, funny enough, as you've asked that question, I'm just part of.
1: During lockdown, I was sending more newsletters, mm. and because I was more invested in my newsletter, I say I got some emails back from people and a lot of my audience is actually 60 plus um, people who have retired and got into blogging after retirement and I never realized that because I was going to focus on social media quite a lot and I'd assume that a lot of these people maybe aren't on social media or aren't following me on Instagram so I never really like realize that that is part of my community but yeah a lot of my community is 60 plus starting a blog about something that they really love to do and actually making money out of it after retirement which is amazing which was an interesting thing to realize from having a newsletter and then yeah I've got a Facebook group um which I've just started I'm slowly starting to build that just as a way of people collectively asking and answering questions um, my blog is kind of where I try and focus the most time on, that is more difficult because I prefer longer-form content. I like going into
0: details about
1: <laughs> everything <laughs> that I'm writing about, so it takes a lot more time.
0: That's yeah. so cool, though. So like, going from lockdown, because I know quite a few people have sort of pivoted or they've found something in, they've picked up on during lockdown that they never thought about, like you were saying about your audience. Is there anything that you have, apart from the newsletter, or it wasn't a newsletter, anything you've done from lockdown that you are now going to take forward out of lockdown or anything that you think might, a trend that could pick up from lockdown in terms of, um, well, focus on blogging, but if you think social media as well.
1: I think a lot of people during lockdown focused on creating membership or digital products. They were the two things that people came to me a lot about during that time to help them build out, which obviously is that like passive income kind of area. I think a lot of people realise like, oh, well, work has kind of diminished a bit in certain industries. So what can I do now that will allow some income to come in over time? And kind of, I hate calling it a one and done type of situation because a lot of this like passive income isn't actually passive. There's a lot of work that goes into it. But creating something that, you know, you can sell over and over again, like even service based. I think that was a really popular thing that kind of took off. Over the last 18 months,
0: and that is only going to get more popular as we go on. I noticed in one of your emails as well that you've got some courses on the way. Did I read that correctly? (laughs) I have got so many courses over
1: the years that I've written down that I want to create. And so over the last 18 months, I have been kind of slowly working away at doing quite a lot. There's ones on SEO, ones on WordPress development, and um, so
0: other like email marketing social media that type of thing as well so hopefully they should be out soon <laughs> we'll keep our eyes peeled absolutely we'll keep our eyes peeled and are they aimed at sort of people who are looking for what sort of level have you aimed up for or what kind of is your business person what's the term for it your there's a name and i can't remember paint a picture of the character that you are aiming this
1: up, the majority of my content i would say is for people just kind of starting out i like to explain things really simply and kind of get you started on a journey so i would say like if you're starting a blog i kind of use the, the phrase like that i help you start build and grow a blog no matter how design esque or tech savvy you are because i like to help people who don't really have the resources available to hire a web developer full-time to help them out or hire a marketer or a web designer or a graphic designer or anything like that. Um, So that is kind of the target audience that I have. And then most of the courses start at that kind of base level and then go into like growing a little bit more on top of
0: that. And where can we find them? Um, So my website is
1: xomissi.com. That's dot com. Um, and I'm
0: the on all social media platforms. Amazing. Okay, so what is your sort of top tip for maintaining a blog or a website in 2021 moving forward?
1: So my top tip for either starting or maintaining a website in 2021 would be to focus on user experience. It's going to be a huge SEO factor going forward, but also just, in order to keep people's attention, because obviously social media these days has the majority of people's attention. So getting people onto your website to read a full blog post or to read all of your content um, can be quite tricky. Uh, so making sure that it's readable and usable. So I would say maybe dedicating a day a month or even um, an hour a week or whatever is possible to your website and just focus on kind of bettering your website and focusing on the usability as well. So keeping the site updated, working on your SEO, fixing broken links, improving speed, cleaning up databases, updating old blog posts, especially that's like such a good task to do that often gets forgetting about, and just keeping on top of those admin tasks that make your website work and
0: functional. I think that's going to be really important going forward. Amazing. So obviously, you work with a couple of clients in the week, what would be your advice for people and not juggling, but being able to sort of time manage working with a couple of different clients in the same week?
1: I use Notion for everything that I do. I'm so obsessed with it. So I literally brain dump absolutely everything there because I find that if I'm splitting between a couple of clients, I'll often not forget per se, but I'll have to scroll back through like a hundred different emails yeah. to be like, oh, okay, they wanted this and they wanted it this way. And we talked about this and we did this. And I just, it's so overwhelming at times. Mm. I literally brain dump everything into their own pages. Each client gets a page. I put everything in there. I put how long I've been working on the project, what the project is, what we've last spoken about on a discovery call. Like I just put everything in there. And then that way, when I'm working on that clients website for example I can go in and it's just really easy to have a look and I can keep myself updated quite quickly and then in terms of actual work that I do I try and only take on a couple of clients for each month or each quarter depending on what it is that I'm doing at that time and um, I just find that I prefer to spend a dedicated time on one client rather than trying to manage multiple clients with multiple different projects And so I kind of give myself a bit of a buffer in between clients as well, because often a lot of projects do run over clients who ask for more stuff or something will come up, and I prefer having that buffer time as well. But then I also have my main services, which is like web design and development, which take a lot of time. So then I'll also have like monthly um, retainers that I do and one-off jobs that I do as well. And that way I can still have things for me in when... I'm only doing like a client per quarter or a client per month, for example. So I'd say like very diversify your income and have somewhere just to brain dump
0: everything to do with our clients is what I use to try and manage my time. I only just discovered Notion this year and I don't know how I've never come across it before because, oh my goodness, it's just, yeah, it's utter bliss being able to just have different apps under different accounts yeah, like you said, notes in different places. It yeah, I love me a simplified, like task like that. Just yeah, because my worst nightmare is having all those tabs open and all the rest of it. Absolutely. Honestly,
1: Notion. I discovered it like end of last year, and I spent like my Christmas holidays basically <laughs> just like doing putting setting up all these different hubs in there and everything. And I was like, I really hope this isn't waste of my time because of it like task management and those types of tools. I also set it all up and then never really use it. Mm. But I can honestly say I have opened Notion at least once a day, every day since Christmas. Like my brain lives in there now. <laughs> um, it's just so useful. I've got, and it keeps me even just day-to-day life as well. Like I've got all my tasks in there. I do a little checklist to make sure that I'm keeping a bit of fitness and like kind of having a, a work-life balance as well mm. it's been great
0: no, we love it
1: so what can we catch you doing when you're off the clock to be honest there's been a lot of brunching and boozing lately which oh. <laughs> ends of lockdown catch catching up. up with friends mm. I I am normally binging Netflix spending time with friends or exploring London because even though I've lived here for five years now there's just so much that I haven't seen I'm That's really amazing. looking forward to being able to go back to Dublin for a little bit and see friends and family, because it's been so long since I did that. Oh do
0: you know when you're able to? Fingers
1: crossed, I should be getting my second vaccine this week, ah. and if that is true, then in seven days after that,
0: I can fly, so I've booked to fly, and we're just going to hope for the best. <laughs> oh my gosh, fingers crossed, lovely, fingers crossed, yeah. <laughs> been a crazy time that you deserve that. thank you so much elaine there it's been amazing insightful to chat to you and yeah hopefully i think it's what's, the awards will be round the corner before we know it yeah thank you so much for having me Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Remote Worker. And thank you, Elaine, for your insights and top tips. You can find links to Elaine's website with links to her newsletter and course below. Tag Elaine at XO Missy and myself Han at Han Meets World to let us know what your top tip would be for creating a remote personal brand. Thank you so much again for listening and we can't wait to remote work with you again soon.